0: The international game has me. Demarks Kilajata.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 75 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan. Episode number seventy-five, Karen. I haven't looked up jerseys, I haven't looked up titles. 75 is some sort of special jubilee, and that's the only thing that matters.
0: It is. It's it's either diamond or platinum or, I don't know, plutonium,
1: something. One of those famous things <laughs> that we can't afford. Um,
0: well, you you know who won the championship in 1975, right? The Golden State Warriors. Uh-huh. That was the that was the first ever title, uh, a foreshadowing of maybe perhaps what to come for the rest of
1: this for for this uh, for this for this podcast at least. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, for for those of us those of you who are listening to us, it uh, as of recording, it's the eighth of April. We're not too many days away from the start of the NBA playoffs, and we're going to spend a good chunk of this episode talking about playoffs. Uh, but before that, as always, we've got some Indian basketball news to, uh, to sort of run run through. Um, so Karan. Uh what, what are what are things that are happening in Indian basketball that our listeners should know? Uh well thank you.
0: I I, I feel like I'm I'm giving the news right now. Like yeah. now on to
1: a correspondent current with some news. Uh, I feel like you'd well, make a good news reader, Karen.
0: Uh, I don't know man. I can't it, I, I I might get too distracted. <laughs> That's the best well, 10 news. Starting today's uh, news, yeah. Well, so so the basketball federation of india held its annual general meeting a few weeks
1: ago and there's some crazy um, things that happened
0: a few things were said and done um, <laughs> uh, so so first of all the, the, the same group has been voted in through what what i told was a democratic process but <laughs> it was uh, uh, hey, yeah look, man, so at uh, least there's continuity at least this continuity sure uh, the, 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 it's President K Govindraj, um, G- General Secretary Chandramukhi Sharma. They're back as the the as the head of the BFI. Um, one of the things they said that they'll work on is a six league, a six team women's league. They they plan to launch launch in India, which um, we'll see when it happens. You know, a lot of things have been promised yeah. in the past, so yeah. I'm not in the past I would have been a lot more excited about this thing. But but when I start to see more specifics, more details. Uh, we'll share we'll share that as it happens. Absolutely, and the,
1: and uh, Karan, I, I don't want to go on a negative tone today, but okay, I feel like we have to mention the fact that both Sri Lanka and Nepal have a professional basketball league, and India and Maldives, and Maldives, and India has yeah. a professional cocoa league.
0: Yeah,
1: but when your point when <laughs> actually, uh, I, I think yeah. the listeners listeners know already where this is headed, so I think <laughs> that's, that's a the last they should listen to this.
0: So, so, I'll switch slightly into positive gear. Um, also, during the AGM, the, the BFI president, he announced that we are hiring a new men's team head coach. Uh, the coach is, and I hope I say his name right, Veselin Matic. He's a, S- a Serbian basketball coach who was set to possibly join the, the Indian national team very soon, the men's team. And he'll, he'll, he'll give us a, a double Serbia one-two punch because our women's coach is already Zoran Visic. Um Matich is Matic is very very familiar with Asian basketball. Like he has coached Iran and uh, Jordan and Sy- no, I, I know it's Iran and Syria, and I think he also coached Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, in the past. Uh, 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 excuse me, he's coached in Lebanon in the past. So, uh, and and his was the Syrian teams over the last couple of years that that in the in the in the World Cup qualifiers. They beat India, home and away. It was, a, it was a big shock mm-hmm. for Syria to defeat India. So so the BFI sort of conceded the fact that they had been outcoached and then went out and
1: hired that coach. Yes. So um, they, they went to the Doc River School of thought. Like Anyone exactly. who beats me must be <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, I, I, he, he's a super
0: experienced coach and um, I have reached out to him and I'll reach out to him publicly too. Coach Matic, we need you on Hoop Darshan very
1: soon. Excellent. Uh, I, I'm I'm fully expecting Indian uh, Indian men's team to be to have a very smooth game because they're coached by a man named Vaseline. It's, uh, it's <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that's that's uh, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Moving on. There's <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see um, that coming, did you?
0: <laughs> I, I did not see that coming at all. That's, see, see, not, you, you're the you're the guy who'll keep on interrupting my my news readings and, and, <laughs> and make me an unsuccessful news reader. You know, this this, this will happen. Um, so another thing that's happening is that Red Bull Rain, uh, the company Red Bull has their own three on three basketball league, and it's it's been held in a few other countries. I think. Definitely in the USA, Canada, and the UK. It's a
1: fun fact, uh, Karan. I've played in one.
0: Oh, you have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in cu- Australia? A couple
1: of years ago, they did this in Melbourne as well. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. Tell us about it. Uh,
1: so it's a, it's a really fun tournament. It's got like a very street ball sort of vibe. But uh, typical Melbourne weather, it rained that day and they had to move it indoors to like this suburban arena. Uh, but still, it was like uh, a really, really, really good quality event because the prize money is quite high. Um, okay. So, a lot of, um, you know, uh, the guy we had, Eban, Eban Hams, Eban Hams. Eban Hams yeah, uh, he was there. So, a lot of, you know, this, not the NBL, but like the second biggest league, the Big V and stuff like that, uh, players from there were in that tournament and um, here I was as part of a, a Desi team, pretty much like three or four of us, um, nice. all six foot one and below uh, <laughs> and we were... <laughs> by far the shortest team there and <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it was a really really fun experience um and they, they do red bull does a really good job of making it a spectacle so uh, i i hope for like good weather firstly and also yeah for as many people to you know um, sign up and play in this tournament as possible
0: that's good to hear yeah they, they're they starting in 12 cities in india uh, i think they started in chennai yesterday and the issue is, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the good weather because the summers are beginning, especially in the north, is going to start getting crazy hot. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but you know, ballers got a ball,
1: right? Absolutely. It's going to
0: happen. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess we'll finish our roundup with, with the fact that I want to announce that on my blog, just oh, so, so here's another thing happened before I make that announcement. Uh, the BFI, during their annual general meeting, another one of the promises they made was that they're going to start a BFI Hall of Fame for great indian players uh, which is a really cool idea but i was I, I, I had i had two conflicting emotions first excitement that this is really cool and second suspicion that this is never actually going to happen yes <laughs> so so instead what what i've decided is in my own small token of appreciation to the basketball greats that have come you know yeah. in this country hey man i've, I've started
1: gandhi said be, the, start- change wanna be a- the change <laughs> you want to
0: see and that be the change be sure be the, be the blogger make the blog you want to read exactly That's how I, should, how I read it <laughs> so so on my blog what i've started is d- just a list of and and every few days i'm adding a new name to this list of of the players who are going to be on the official hoopistani indian basketball hall of fame um, so far i've added um, a couple of legendary players i've added well, a couple of legendary individuals i've added ajmer singh chopra who was uh, the one of one of india's top players during are one of our golden ages when the team played in the Olympics back in 1980. and With the, sweet, sweet the, se- the sweet jerseys. The sweet jerseys and during the 70s to 80s era, um, he, he was really the, the best player in the team. He averaged like over 20 points in the Olympics. So a superstar player. I mean, he did a lot more in Indian basketball and I wrote about him on the blog too. And today I wrote about um, possibly Indian basketball's most respected coach, Dr. Sankran Subramaniam, who basically gave us every single great Punjabi player we're seeing right now. So um, every few days I'll be adding a new name to this list. Please reach out to me. Please reach out to, you know, uh, like go and comment on the blog and sort of like, I, 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 want, I want more, you know, I want this to be, I want this to like respect the players as much as possible so that, um, so, so that there's a place where, where they're all at least named. You know, they're not getting anything else except for me just writing their names down. So hopefully someday if, um, if the BFI decide to do this, They'll they have a reference point to to at least look at.
1: You're fighting the good fight, Karan. That's that's really <laughs> um, um, Excellent stuff. Uh, so that that brings us to the end of our Indian basketball news bulletin. Thank you, news leader, Karan. Uh, you were great at this. Thank it. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but but the key thing is like the thing that we are all most excited about, Karan. And um, I, I'm I'm 100 sure that you are as much as I am. Uh, it's almost playoff time. Yes, it is. It's almost playoffs. The season just flew away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, 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 these last couple of weeks, it always feels like, you know, just the regular season just end already. And, uh, and I think we're there. We're there now. And there's no better time to bring on a special guest uh, than now. So, Kevin, why don't you tell our listeners who we're, we're speaking to today?
0: Our guest is a, 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 one of the most recurring, most respected, most fun people we have on Hoop Darshan. Uh, and now famous TV personality, you've seen him on Sony 6, uh, one of Indian, India's best NBA experts, Akshay Manwani. So we're going to have him over and talk f- about playoffs for, you know, next 45 to 50 minutes. So I'm excited to welcome back to our podcast, famous TV personality, Akshay Manwani on <laughs> Hoop Darshan. Um, Akshay, can be read in the non-fiction section of your local bookstores? And seen, suited and booted on TV during NBA India's travel And heard in the Hindi commentary of live NBA games in India. Akshay, there are few better NBA experts in this country and we need you for this playoff preview. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Karan. Very uh, gracious introduction.
2: Uh, doing really well and really looking forward to the 2019 postseason, which is starting in about uh, six days from now.
0: So, I mean, before we get started on that, Akshay, you know, you follow the game as close as, you know, anyone in the country. It's part of your job and, of course, you love it. Um, Have you reached the stage where you're sort of over the regular season? You're just like, can we get this done with? Let's get this postseason started already. Like, it's already Mm -hmm. seemed like it's six weeks too late. No, um,
2: yes, there is a part of me which is always like, you know, why can't we just fast forward quickly to April or why can't there be a shorter regular season? Like, you know, we've been always, there's a speculation that eventually it'll move to a, uh, you know, a 55 game, 60 game, 66 game, all those numbers that keep uh, getting thrown about. But Mm. also there is a part of me which likes this, you know, one-off… A regular season meeting uh, Between let's say uh, Like it happened Philadelphia versus Milwaukee uh, uh, Last Friday uh, Here in India Before that There was a game uh, Two weeks before that Again between Philadelphia Milwaukee Or Milwaukee Houston Uh, which we may not get to see in, let's say, you know, Houston and Milwaukee may not play in the NBA uh, playoffs at all because of the different conferences Mm. that they are in and the only way they meet up is in the NBA Finals. So, the opportunity to see two MVP candidates going head-to-head can only happen then in the regular season. So, that part of me is also like, you know, man, I wish, uh, how else do I see James Harden versus Yanis and how different their teams play vis-a-vis each other.
0: So, mm-hmm. I, that part of me also enjoys the regular season. So, see, I have two solutions to that. One is that <laughs> I agree. They, they should completely… Uh, like, I, I, I like it when there's these cross-conference matchups. Um, my, I, I have very radical solutions. Mine basically are that NBA should basically adopt, uh, you know, European football-style schedules where every team only plays the other twice, home and away. Home every and team.
2: away. So, 58 games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know the math behind this. <laughs> no, and of the, course the, and the playoffs is you know all sixteen teams jumbled up as it is. Doesn't matter one to sixteen. You know, so so Correct. so there could be a chance of uh, teams like or, or 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 of a Giannis versus Harden before the playoff begins. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of this, I mean, the shortening of the season, I really don't see it happening. It seems you know uh, there's just too much money in every home game for every yeah. arena yeah, but, yeah. Um, and, television, and TV. Television, television television rights yeah. yeah but, but yeah. each game would would just be worth so much more like you bought up the m- most recent uh, milwaukee philadelphia game where uh, where yiannis and Embiid just went at each other it was it was a joy to watch you know and i think games like that would would there'll be a lot more games like that of that value you know mm. there will be fewer games and you you know uh, teams would have more to prove to each other i guess but
1: 100 um, percent yeah uh, akshay Karan you guys have already like spoken about uh, uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up much later in the episode. So I've got like a list of questions or topics that I wanted to run through, but since both of you have already sort of touched on this, let's lead with this massive, massive question. Uh, Akshay, as our guest, as our like, what is this, fifth time returning guest? Um,
0: He's got got more rings than LeBron.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Why don't you you kick us off with uh, who your pick for MVP is this year?
2: Yeah, so for me, you know, I, 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 in fact, now as the season has gone on uh, uh, or, uh, you know, we're now in the last week of the regular season. Uh, maybe a month ago, if you asked me this question, I was still a little, you know, kind of, uh, I thought it was a, you know, a very even Stevens two-horse race. But, you know, as the season has come to its end, I just feel that Giannis is like a, a clear candidate, at least in my head. Uh, for that award. And the reason I say that is very simple. Uh, uh, One, he has been the more consistent candidate, you know, uh, right from the word go of the regular season. Whereas Harden, you know, kind of picked up only, I think, once those injuries happened. Houston had a very, very ordinary start. Um, uh, uh, you know, the kind of uh, uh, record that they had to start with is not something we were expecting them to start with. And it's only after those injuries happened to Chris Paul and all, he had to step up, by by, by which time, I think we were already through with about uh, a month and a half of the regular season. So that stretch doesn't come into play for Harden at all, whereas Giannis was uh, pretty much consistent from the word go. And the second aspect to it is, the, 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 the second point that I want to make is that he has been the better player consistently, again, on both ends of the flow. Offensively, yes, Harden has been freakish, but defensively, it's not even a contest. I mean, Giannis is a clear candidate. If I wouldn't be surprised if he won both awards, DPOY and most valuable player. So that is number two. Number three, which also I think is a very significant factor, I think, Giannis has made, makes his team better. Harden, his team may be getting the wins, but I don't think he's making his teammates better. I mean, there was that stretch where, you know, he was just scoring uh, without even getting assisted on those points that he was scoring. You know, his his teammates were just sitting and ball watching uh, him uh, playing iso ball. And that really, you know, to me, doesn't appeal to my idea of how the game was envisaged by James Naismith. So, for me, Giannis is just… And, you know, his, his performances against their teams, um, uh, all the good teams… Milwaukee does not have a losing record against either one of Golden State, Houston, uh, uh, Denver, Boston, Toronto or Philadelphia. In in fact, against Philadelphia, if you look at his numbers, he's averaging 44 points per game, close to 44 points per game. I think 17 rebounds and 8 assists a game. That's just insane statistics against, let's say, Joel Embiid, who's again another freakish uh, piece of athleticism. So for me, Giannis has become a crystallized
1: into a clear uh, MVP candidate. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to argue with that sort of logic, uh, Akshay. And I'm and imagining, Karan, uh, Akshay's answer genuinely makes you happy because um, you're, you're not a massive fan of the James Harden show, are you? I'm,
0: you know, it's no secret I'm not a fan of watching him play, but mm. I try to be as objective as possible about, you know, the award. Like, there's, there's people I don't enjoy who can still be, you know, who can still be deserving? Like I, I, I was never a big fan of, and this is going to sound blasphemous. I was never a big fan of LeBron James either, but he <laughs> has deserved the the awards he's he gets. And I think Harden is not a enjoy a fun person to watch play basketball, but he is the clear second best in MVP for me. And not just that, like let's give him his due. He uh, he has done something this season, which is unbelievable. Like in um, in. It'll go down in NBA history his, the the way he has scored at this level, you know, uh, from the from the perimeter only Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant have reached these heights. Um, but if we remember both those times, the time when Michael Jordan averaged his uh, 37 plus points per game, whatever it was, and when Kobe Bryant averaged his 35 plus points per game, neither of them won MVP that season. Those were historically good MB, uh, scoring seasons, but ne- but they were better players around the league with better records. Um, in better teams, you know. So I think it's more of the same this year. Uh, Akshay has pretty much uh, answered the question of why Yanis should be MVP. I wrote a long article about this a week ago. It's a mixture of everything. It's a mixture of the fact that he is the league's... He, he's one of the league's three or four best de- defenders. He's the best player in the league's best team. Um, and he has just been, um, you know, he, he, he's he been ruthless from, from, from the beginning. Like, there has been nothing about... Uh, n- nothing about Giannis' approach to the game all season that that makes you doubt the fact that he is the best player on the court when he is on the court, and and this includes the two times he played against James Harden too. He was the best player on the court. Yeah. So um, yeah, for that, I, I must go with Giannis. I I'll just
2: add one thing. I'll just add one thing over here. That uh, you know, yes, you're absolutely right when you say that. You know, this is only the third time that it's happening since Jordan's '87 season when he had averaged. 37 plus uh, points per game and Kobe Bryant had that, you know, similar season uh, uh, about a decade ago. Um, But, you know, I don't think James Harden's numbers are in that category for a very simple reason. That both Kobe and and certainly Jordan more so than even Kobe, there was very little reliance on the three-point shot as compared to Harden has. So, I think this number that Harden has touched this season, especially, uh, he also, you know, hit the 1,000 three-point attempts mark this season. I think we're going to see uh, players getting closer to this kind of a number now much more frequently. So, yes, at this point in time, we look back and say this is only the third time it's happening. But I think it's going to start happening a lot more often now, you know, as teams start Chucking in or, or get the, their their head coaches started uh, encouraging players to launch as many threes as they want. So what was freakish for Bryant and Jordan is
0: not going to be a freakish anymore. Yeah, we it, it won't be in the future. But I think um, I I think a lot of people have simplified Harden's greatness to the big numbers. You know, fifty points, sixty points, and and I, I'm just giving you like the the devil's advocate in the sense that like like there is an argument to be made. Because just because people will start doing it in the future, yeah. yeah, you cannot discount the fact that he is doing it now. You know, like he is, yeah, he, he's taking he, he's taking things a step further than most players in history. And 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 I mean, I also agree that if you put say a Steph Curry in the system, he would do the same. Yeah. you know, or if he you give him the system, so uh, he, Harden is not unique, but but he is very special. Like the way he can create offense for himself is an all-time skill.
2: Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, just to add a, a quick a couple of points, one of which I promise you is very interesting, is that compared to Jordan, Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Wilt Chamberlain, who've, you know, been excellent scorers, you know, we, we know these players can score, create their own shot pretty much at will, whether it's Wilt Chamberlain and Shaquille O'Neal in terms of their size and, you know, height and dominance inside the paint, uh, or Jordan and Bryant, they were freakish Pieces of athleticism, you know, their mm-hmm. hang time and all. Harden is not in that category, and yet to get to thirty-five points per game without, yeah. you know, high-flying dunks and athleticism, I think, like like current said, you know, people just take it take him for granted in a sense, or or they've uh, kind of demysticized his mysticism. Mm-hmm. So I think that is one underrated aspect of Harden, and the other point that I also you know wanted to make is. I just read this fantastic uh, nugget yesterday, uh, there's this new book which is coming out, I forget the name of the book, but the author is a man called Kirk Goldsberry.
1: Sprawl Ball. Okay, and
2: he, I, I, yeah, yeah sp- Sprawl Ball I think it is, right? Yeah. Uh, and he made this fascinating, uh, you know, just a snippet I read about the book which is out on, I think sometime in April, mid-April. He said that about 2012-13, Hardin had a game where he had 27 points on the night. Can you guys tell me how many field goals he had in that game? Just average. Can you think of he had twenty seven points at the end of the game? How many field goals did he have in that twenty seven points to get to twenty seven points?
1: I'm gonna say, judging by the tone of your voice, (laughs) five.
0: Okay, uh, current you. Um, I think I think five is a good number. I'll I'll say seven. Let's go. Let's to be different. Seven. He had two field
2: goals on the night. Process that once again. There are more (laughs) people. There are more That's people ridiculous. on this podcast than he had field goals. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And uh, the the point that Goldsperry made, I mean, I, he's just shared a, a snippet from that chapter, is that, you know, he just go- went to the free throw line with such ease, yeah. despite having such a poor shooting night, that he yet managed to get to 27 points per game. 27 points per game is not easy in the NBA, no matter how, the, the you know, increased uh, uh, focus on the three-point line or not. It's, yeah. it's hard, hard work.
0: And it's pretty amazing. Like I don't know if you guys like saw this, but he he used to be teammates with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to put the joke in there. That would have been pretty great if they were still together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Like we're going to go back and think many many years later. Starting already, you know, people said this already. Oklahoma City drafted all of those three and arguably kept the <laughs> yeah. worst player. Yeah. I,
2: uh-huh. I, I, and, yeah. I, and I really love Westbrook, but I would have to agree with that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of taking for granted, Westbrook has averaged triple-double three seasons in a row. You know, we just, yeah. like, this. The, the statistics from the time we were watching basketball are just getting decimated
1: now. You know, the pace of the game is yeah. So different. Yeah, Kaushik, uh, do
0: you have a pick?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with both of you guys. I, I also think that um, the distance between Giannis and Harden is probably... Not as crystal clear in my head as it is for Akshay, largely for for the reason that a lot of what uh, Harden does in terms of you know his athleticism or the ease of, ease with which he does things, it's not very obvious, uh, and and the style points that he gets deducted from, uh, you know this kind of cloud uh, MVP cloud is probably works much more against him than than it's fair, uh, but at the same time. Um, like, for me, what defines an MVP season is essentially, have you been the best player in the league? Have you been part of a team that you have led that has gone on to achieve things that probably wouldn't have happened without you? Or, you know, taken that next step and really, really established yourself as as probably the number one player in the league. And I think Yanis has done everything, everything to check all of those boxes. So, uh, a part of it, and the case that is sometimes made against Giannis is that, is this really a Giannis thing or is this a Coach Budenhoser thing? So I think there is merit to that argument. But at the same time, Coach Bud could only do this because Giannis is Giannis. So um, it, it takes two hands to clap. So I'm, I'm completely on board with both of you guys that Giannis is, is my MVP candidate. And um, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to... One of the most charismatic guys in the league winning the MVP and becoming, slowly becoming like the face of the league. I, I absolutely yeah. really love it.
0: It's true. And, yeah. uh, and you know, like if, if we're going to d- deduct our points for like Coach Bud and Yanis, then you have to do the same for Coach DeAntoni and Harden. Yeah, exactly. So it goes both ways. Then.
1: Yeah. 100%. Cool. Um, so obviously, uh, I wanted to talk about the MVP, but there are other things as well. Um, the, the Probably the thing that the thing that I'm looking forward to most in the playoffs is finally a relevant sort of Eastern Conference. So, yes, it is still Golden State's title to lose. Yes, it's still probably going to be very, very one-sided whoever Golden State faces in the finals. But I think for the change, the Eastern Conference is not, not a guaranteed result. So, obviously, there's no LeBron teams anymore. But I also think that there are four really, really good teams. All of them are in different parts of their... Um, Of their peak efficiency Uh, some of them may get there, some of them may not all of them have their own problems to worry about Uh, but between the big four and and with all due respect to Pacers I don't think they they belong in the same category Um, Karan, why don't you tell us between the big four, that's the Milwaukee Bucks Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics um, who, who do you think will come out of the East and I guess, who do you want to come out of the East
0: So, yeah, first of all, I totally agree with you. The the Eastern Conference is so exciting right now. And it's so, it it really feels unpredictable. Like, I feel these four teams are neck to neck on their best day. Any of them, even the Celtics who, you know, have had some drama or even the Sixers who don't always look like the best fit. On their best day, any of these teams could just decimate anyone, you know. Um, They all have, like, superstar players, at least one, each of them. Um, And... And as you said, they all have like their faults. They all have their glories. Uh, my favorite is actually the Raptors. I think this is the year that finally, 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 now that LeBron is gone, the curse is away, <laughs> and they have, uh, in my opinion, you know, the, the player who's 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 gonna be the most consistent Eastern Conference performer in the playoffs. I think it'll be Kawhi. He's he's well rested through the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and Pascal Siakam has really become a super-duper star. Uh, Kyle Lowry is consistently good. You get Serge Ibaka, Mark Gasol, Danny Green. Like, these guys are... This is a deep team. And what I like about them is that they're very versatile. They, like, they can go small, they can go big. They can play fast, they can play slow. Like, the, the way this team has been constructed has... It seems that they are actually made for the playoffs. Even though they had a really good regular season, they, they seem to be a team ready to take on the the variety of challenges that the playoffs throw at you. Um, now, of course, they have a second best record in the conference to the Bucks, And, and you know, uh, I have to respect the fact that Giannis has, you know, is there and they have the best record in the league. But I think once the playoff begins, every great team, I would say maybe with the exception of these champion warriors, every great team has this moment where they underperform at some point in the playoffs. You know, like it happened to LeBron. It happened to, it even happened to Kobe and Shaq back in the day when you think, like, before you reach the top, there's the moment of humbling in the playoffs. And I think this will be the season where Giannis will sort of like, he'll do well, but there will be a disappointment at some stage. And I, I see that disappointment coming against Toronto.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Akshay, what about you? What do you think uh, will happen? Well, I,
2: I I have to disagree with uh, uh, Karan uh, and I'll tell you fine. Uh, for me, the thing with, first of all, if you just go by how the playoff brackets are, Toronto mm. will probably, if, if things go as per plan, Toronto will have to best the Philadelphia 76ers and yeah. then probably, Milwaukee. Uh, if Milwaukee beats Boston yeah. uh, in that one versus four meeting, to then make it to the finals, which is two very difficult teams, okay? Uh, and if, if they have to play uh, Milwaukee, then they're also playing away from their home flow. That that's one team where they don't have home court advantage. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. they have home court advantage against Golden State. Also, if if they meet them in the yeah. NBA finals. Yeah. My my point is very simply is this: I see the Eastern Conference Finals as a matchup between Philadelphia and uh, and uh, Milwaukee because mm. I, I think we don't have enough of sample size. To see how good that Philadelphia five-man starting five is, because you know, uh, ever since they got uh, the Tobias Harris trade was made, uh, you know, Giannis, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Joel Embiid has not been that fit. Uh, yeah. He's I think played only ten games after the All-Star break, and then Jimmy Butler has also been out. He didn't play the last couple of games. But I, the whatever little I've seen, I think yes, Toronto has the deeper bench compared to Philadelphia. But I think Philadelphia has a lot of star power, and they do not have a man to guard Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think Joel Embiid makes the difference for that team in a matchup Who against does, any though? of those other, <laughs> uh, uh, any of those Eastern other conference, other Eastern Conference teams. But I think so. So uh, that Milwaukee versus Philadelphia series to me will be crazy. I'm still picking Milwaukee in that series because I think you know the fact that if they have, and I, I'm saying this, you will need to have. Malcolm Brogdon absolutely fit and ready for that series. You cannot be uh, hoping to beat Philadelphia if you're not at full strength. So I'm still picking my head and heart are with Milwaukee. I think they're good enough to go into the NBA Finals. I think Giannis is a big, big uh, factor. They have everything going for them. And I said, I said, I think uh, Milwaukee is a very different team than the team that Boston played in that seven-game first-round yes. series last season and lost. I think they're they're far. The fact that they have likes of Mirotic, Ilyasova, all of whom can just shoot the three ball, DJ Wilson, uh their their starting five bled so Brook Lopez, has Lopez is the number mounted. one. Yeah, he's <laughs> close he's close to two hundred threes. There's no other power forward or center in the top ten other than for Brook Lopez. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and uh, you brought up Brogdon. Brogdon is, I think, slated to be back around midway through the second round, if all goes well. Yeah, were. yeah. Yes, so, yes. So, should... so,
2: my point is, he needs yep. to be absolutely fit. It he, can't yeah, be, like, yeah. you know, 70% fit and all. He's a very important player. He He's on a... He's 50-40-90, a, he's
0: as we speak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with you. And, and this is why, like, I feel, to be honest, even if the East is so close to me that even Boston, who we haven't yet talked about, if they get hot... I don't. I. I wouldn't even be surprised if they go through all the way through because they have the talent to do so. You know, it's. Yeah, I, I consider them
1: all so close. That was going to so, be uh, my pick, Karan. Um, so I, well,
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, as much so, uh, as it like pains me as a Lakers fan to say this, I actually uh, think Boston has the biggest upside. Um, yeah. And like each of those four teams, they've got their strengths and weaknesses. It's amazing. It's it's such a fine line between between any of these teams. So it depends on like what happens in matchups. It depends on the team sort of peaks or what kind of challenges do they face and how they react uh, I, I'm I don't have too much trust on Toronto because I feel like uh, as deep as they are as as a unit something just doesn't click together for me I'm not sure what yeah. its I'm, I'm not sure what whether I can put my hands on it but it's not it just doesn't feel right and with Milwaukee I agree that like they, they probably have had the strongest regular season by any team in a long time but also Playoffs are a completely different game. So what happens when, when you know a couple of those three-point shooters that we mentioned, their shots don't go in? What happens when Giannis probably is attempted to be played out of a game? What happens then um, And similarly with with Philadelphia as well. I, I'm actually quite higher on their upside than any of the other two because they've just got like Embiid is Embiid is a monster. They've got Tobias. Yeah. Uh, and Butler who can who have like previously elevated their games when stage is big. So I, I, I tend to fall back on those kind of things and and I think I guess why I go back to Boston there is because you know, you have people like Al Hofford and Kyrie Irving who have who have had a history of stepping up when it matters. So uh, especially in in the Eastern Conference, you know, we we spoke about who can guard Joel Embiid. For some strange reason, it seems to be Al, Al Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and and Kyrie has a history of really stepping it up when it matters. So, um, and I know they haven't had the greatest of seasons. They've had uh, they've had a weird sort of season where some of the players who punched above their weights last year haven't done so this year. And I think. I think the playoff atmosphere, or like the lack of regular season atmosphere, will change a few of those things. Gordon Hayward is sort of coming back, um, just when everybody thought this year was a write-off. I think I think if anything, Boston can reach a higher ceiling than they've shown right now in comparison to the other three teams.
2: I, I'll just, I, I, if I can just react quickly to what Kaushik said. I, I, that for what that point about Kaushik made about Toronto, that's precisely why I'm I'm also not very. Confident about them. I, I, I think the other three teams have a better chance than Toronto for precisely the reason that Kaushik said. But on that point about Boston having a bigger upside, what has changed for me uh, from last season to this season is that if you, if you remember, look back to what happened last season. They were taken to seven games by Milwaukee last season in the first round. And they had home court advantage there. They don't have home court advantage against any of these three other teams who are above them now this season. So, can they win a Game 7 on the opponent's floor? I'm not too sure because they lost a Game 7 to Cleveland on their home floor uh, uh, last year as well. So, both those rounds, the first round and the conference finals, actually, just Boston kept winning on its home floor except for Game 7 against Cleveland. The mm-hmm. other series that happened was against Philadelphia, who did not have Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Two very good, uh, uh, Tobias Harris certainly good from the outside and Jimmy Butler very good in the clutch. So, I think circumstances have changed for Boston. They don't have home court advantage against these uh, uh, other three teams this season. And the fact that Philadelphia has Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris changes things uh, uh, for me to be optimistic
0: about Boston this time around.
1: Yeah, Kashi, uh, also, actually also actually Kyrie Kashi, you're right about that,
0: but you're forgetting the asterisks that Boston… Have Kyrie and Hayward That they didn't have Last season So yeah, like yeah. You, I mean you're right About everything you said But then you also If you're giving um, yeah, yeah I agree you. So Philadelphia Butler to be... and Harris You have to You know give back Yeah, yeah I, I agree
2: Eastern Conference semis Will be crazy It'll just be crazy yeah, I think, Onwards I think, I think Eastern Conference the, semis on
1: It might be the best part Of this year's Playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: and and there is going to be marcat. I'm sure about that. That is <laughs> going to be there. And like you know, Philadelphia versus Milwaukee, Boston, Milwaukee. I think there is going to be some really charged uh, atmosphere and tension over there.
1: Excellent stuff. Let's let's shift focus to the Western Conference. Obviously, um, Golden State is is the favorite, um, and I, I genuinely don't think anybody has a chance of stopping them. But if if there was, uh, I guess my question to you, Akshay, is like, who do you think has the best shot potentially uh, at testing Golden State the most? Uh
2: I actually don't think anybody has a chance. I think uh, the fact that they have now even added Demarcus Cousins. And, you know, again, when people ask this question that, you know, it looks like the East has made up on the Western Conference, that's probably true. If you look at 1-4 through four compared to 2-8, to eight. On, on the East versus West side. But just the acquisition of Demarcus Cousins, you don't look at the regular season standing numbers, but Demarcus Cousins has actually increased the gap for Golden State vis-a-vis everyone else. So, I mean, you know, just the, the, their last couple of wins or, or uh, three wins against Denver have been so lopsided. They've come out with extra energy against Denver and annihilated them. And I think the, the last two regular season meetings versus Denver... Uh, I, I think maybe it might be Houston again, which might challenge them because they play very differently. But I really don't think anyone's going to stop the Golden State juggernaut. Uh,
1: what about you, Karan? Do, do you think anybody has a, has a shot at even get challenging them at all?
0: You know, Akshay is, like, absolutely right. Uh, Demarcus Cousins, you know, God bless his soul, one of my favorite players, has, has really added that extra dimension. Plus, Steph Curry can see again, apparently. He was playing blind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's like... It, it, it's like how can you? How, how is this fair? How is there? How is this happening that the greatest shooter of all time now has his vision clear? Um, you, you know, I, I wanted to say if a month ago, month and a half ago, I wanted this answer to be the Thunder, as the best challenger. Yeah. They were. Yeah. They were playing pretty well. They weren't necessarily second best, but they yeah. but they were playing well enough. Paul George was playing at a high enough level for me to say, you know what? Like the the Thunder for all their weaknesses, they, they are. You know, they will not be afraid of a face-off, a playoff face-off against the Warriors. You know, um, now statistically, the Warriors would blow them out in most cases. And Kevin Durant actually relishes playing back home in OKC. Like he plays really good every time he's back, even though he gets booed a lot. Um, the the injuries to uh, PG and the you know the lack of three-point shooting around them is a real problem. I was seeing some stat yesterday that uh, the Thunder are they take the seventh most threes in the league. But their mm-hmm. three-point shooting percentage is 27th. Oh wow! So, so they just they take a lot of shots and most of them don't go in. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I'll have to cross them out. Yeah, even you know, as much as I thought that they could provide some kind of challenge, uh, I, I have to agree with you. It's it's probably going to be Houston. Denver have looked good in the regular season, but again, I have a similar problem with them that I kind of have with uh, Milwaukee out in the East. Not not, at, not at the same. Milwaukee are obviously better. But I think the Denver is a similar thing in the sense that they're a young team that has overreached and the playoff change of pace and the change of attention game by game to game will be a big shock for them. It will be a big shock for someone like Jokic who is a really great player but is not a willing attacker as much as he should be as you know, as the team's top scorer too. Uh, Houston, yes. I guess it, it is. Uh, and, and Houston are not as good as they were last year. Chris Paul is worse. Uh, their defense is worse they yeah james harden is better and he gets away with the, more than he was last season but i don't think that'll be enough i uh, that, yeah I, I still think this is going to be this might be an easier route to the finals than last year because last year i think what the rockets nearly pulled off if chris paul hadn't gotten hurt was would have been a miracle you know and i don't see any of those miracles happening yeah but, uh, but
2: the caveat to that is also that had andre Gudala not been
0: igudala was off have, yeah yes, i mean yeah so, i, so. I that is true, but I mean, Chris Paul was a was a huge deal, you know. Like he really, yeah. his 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 pre- his absence really shook things up. But now he's back, and he's not. He'll obviously be a better player in the playoffs, but I don't see him yeah. being a world beater anymore. And I I feel sad to say this, but I won't be surprised if he has like niggling injuries again, because yeah. I think yeah. it's part of the package now with CP3 that like you yeah. gotta expect him to have injuries when you you know insert when the pressure is too high. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, so I completely agree with you guys. I don't think there's anybody. And Karan, um I, I feel you when you say that you know you you had some sort of expectations with OKC because like uh, something about them felt like um, they would have like if they were operating at their peak performance level, they would have given some amount of trouble to Golden State because um, there's there's something about them I, I can't quite put it, but it's somewhat of an like. They can may hang suggest, with them. They can hang with them emotionally. If you know what I mean? Yes, uh, just what it is. Yeah. I, I think
0: they, they play like an Eastern Conference team in a way. Like they they rely on like their toughness and grit. Yeah. I think a lot of Western Conference teams are a bit softer, so yeah. to say. And and like these guys are sort of like the Celtics or the Seventy Sixers, but in the West, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And and Paul George when when he's feeling it, like he can he can be unstoppable. And he he is literally what OKC thought. Um, they had in, in Kevin Durant, but maybe, like, less the drama. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit bummed that, like, they don't look quite right. Um, the PG injury really threw them off, and um, they they can really, like, lock it in defensively if, uh, if if they were all fighting on, you know, all cylinders. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Like, if anyone, it's got to be Houston. And I felt like Houston reached the the maximum level of how much they'll trouble Golden State last year and Golden State when they're like ready for it, it's going to be a completely different uh, different task. so um, yeah I'm I'm certainly not looking forward to the Western Conference as much as I am with the East Um, but and also I think let's let's just make Golden State win this, let's have Kevin Durant get bored, move somewhere else and then like the NBA is fun again um. next <coughs> <laughs> york next yeah
0: sorry.
1: I, I didn't no, hear, but, I didn't but, hear a team name there Karan. <laughs>
2: no but let me ask you guys we we're, we're, we're talking about the western conference bracket from the point of view of the golden State warriors but what, what who do you see reach meeting them in the finals you know in the other side of the bracket on uh, in the in the other half of the western conference bracket? Who do you think is likely to meet them in the finals? I'm not saying challenge, but who do you think? Is it gonna be Houston who's probably the number three seed? Or is it Denver who's probably the number two seed? Who who would you pick over there? think
0: Houston.
1: Yeah, I think I,
2: Houston will
0: beat that
1: series. I think I think Houston as well. Um I, I would have picked Oklahoma City if they were in a slightly more favorable position, better sort of health wise and everything, but um yeah, it's ha- hard to see past Houston, I think.
0: But, but but may I just add uh, now as I'm saying this, I'm looking at the playoff um, standings. Me too. <laughs> at this point, Houston and OKC are playing in the first round, yeah. and uh, that'll be a great series. That'll be a fun se- like I won't count OKC out against you know, mm. in that series. So yeah, th- that'll be fun. You know, I I think at least there'll be some of the extra drama of the the Eastern Conference drama
1: in the West. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because I I remember reading on Twitter not too long ago, uh, there was a tweet about how the Warriors preferred the clippers to be in the eighth spot because they'll have to travel less. That's really how, how much of an advantage that, <laughs> that warriors. That's
0: how bored they are, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like they're worried about their travel. They're not worried about yeah. the point at
2: this point. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. But I, I will say this, I think uh, I think, you know, one of the problems that I have with Denver is that and I, I, I certainly don't think that it's it's as easy as saying that, you know, Houston should get past them. I think it will be tougher also because of the fact that, you know, Denver, if they have home court advantage against Houston, it's not easy winning in Denver because of the altitude and all of that. But also the fact that, you know, there is something about that backcourt which doesn't, you know, kind of convince me that, you know, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris and Will Barton, uh, who's who's playing the wing, that, you know, the three of them are consistent enough. In fact, if you look at it, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris were far more consistent last season than they have been this season in the backcourt. So that is, for me a worrying factor. However, having said that, Denver is a better defensive team than Houston is. So, I would still feel that, you know, with home court advantage and the fact that they play better defense and that James Harden has normally frozen every time the pressure has been Mm. on Houston. He's not come out firing. We've seen it repeatedly, whether it was in the 2012 uh, finals versus the Miami was in the series against San Antonio. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, where Ginobili blocked him in Game Six, and they were without Kawhi Leonard because he was injured. Uh, James Harden has repeatedly deceived me whenever it's gotten you know for uh, a champion player like him to stand up. So I think yeah, it will be between one of Denver and Houston, but I I'm not so ready as to you know anoint Houston as the team that will probably pay uh, play uh, Golden State in the finals. That's fair enough. Do
0: you, Do you guys think that? Okay, you know we've talked about everyone else but the Warriors themselves. Is is there like an internal thing that could cause the Warriors to defeat themselves? What are their weaknesses, Akshay? Do you, do you see them... Like, where, where do you attack them? They are the Death Star, Darth Vader coming at you. You're in your little, like, pod trying to attack them. What is it? What do you do? I think...
2: I think it will... If at all, it will be themselves who can, you know, who beat themselves. It, they don't need a foolish ejection draymond green you know having a rash <laughs> bout of temper uh, uh, you know and and the situation is aggravated this season is because it's not just Draymond on this team now it's also Demarcus cousins who is capable of losing his mind at a crucial you know juncture uh, uh, so 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 a uh, uh, two is certainly worse off than having one kind of you know temperamentally charged person on the floor uh i and i also say this that yes maybe the the earlier rounds are easy for them. But I uh, So, right through to the finals, it it should be easier uh, for them compared to last season. But I don't think the finals will be a four-game sweep for them. I think it will at least be five, whether it's Milwaukee or Boston or or Philadelphia that come out from the Eastern Conference. It's not going to be as easy, uh, not just in terms of a sweep, but also the scoreline. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. all the other teams in the Eastern Conference who can come out from there will play them a little better. Uh, uh, and, and, and for various reasons, so, but I would be very surprised if Golden State Warriors are dethroned. I mean, it will go down as the biggest upset in NBA history if the Warriors lose these
1: finals. Yes, mm-hmm. even more so than the 2004 season that didn't happen. Oh, easily, easily.
2: <laughs> and, and and that's purely because they have five all-star players. I mean, it's as simple as that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... I say that, I, I agree with you, um, Akshay, in the sense that like they'll, something would have to go down. And, you know, we know that there's inklings of drama. I'm just going to create yeah. conversation at this point. I, this is <laughs> yeah. most likely not going to happen. But we know there's inklings of drama between Draymond and Durant that happened early in the season. It seems so long ago. Yeah. Um, but then I counter-argument against myself is that I think the team has a very steady ship with Steph Curry. I think whenever yeah. he has played... They, they have this like beacon of light to look at in a way. You know, like he might he might not even be the finals MVP, but he's usually the most important player. So, yeah. um, uh, I think what could hurt them sort of is is, is their bench. They're not very deep. So, uh, like beyond, you know, I think uh, Livingston and Igudala are showing some signs of age now. Yeah. And I also will agree with you, Akshay, that the finals will be better. I actually think this will be the toughest finals in the Durant era. Yeah, um, yeah. Whoever kind like, of... Whoever comes from the east will the, the finals will be the toughest series and uh, For them, I think And this hasn't yeah. happened since You know, for a while um, So They should still probably win But 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 I think A team with these many stars Like They've taken the regular season A bit easy You know yeah, and, and we all absolutely. know that it's We all know that it's Kind of a false flag You know They're not actually that Bad as they, I, I, I put bad in quotation marks Because they Yes still the Yes stars Relatively stars. speaking Yeah Um but I, I think, I guess teams are not as afraid of them as they used to be. Teams know how to play them a bit better. So, uh, it's unlikely, but, you know, I'm just trying to give some some glimmers of hope to, to the rest <laughs> of the NBA out there. Yeah. I,
1: like, I, like, no, and, uh, I like your positive uh, attitude, uh, Karan. Yeah, and,
2: and, and, and teams are also not afraid of them because they know that they are going to get an ass whooping.
1: <laughs> so, might as well
2: go out and enjoy it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not afraid. So, I think afraid… You'd have to genuinely believe that you have a chance to beat them, and that's why you're afraid that it might go wrong. I think there's an air of inabili- inevitability between these other guys, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, uh, Akshay, before we wrap up, um, to quickly finish on like a positive note, um, tell me what your favorite thing about this this past NBA regular season was. Could be a team, could be a player, could be a trend, whatever it is. Um, Tell tell me what you think is something that you'll remember this season by.
2: You know, uh, for me, I I will always remember the 2018 19 regular season for Giannis's development. I mean, you know, he was already uh, a good offensive player last season, but. His development uh, on both ends of the floor, the kind of athleticism that I have seen, and I have seen a lot of Giannis. You know, this is a player, what OKC has been for me since, you know, Garnett's uh, days with the Celtics, in the last seven, eight seasons, I followed OKC basketball as must-watch basketball, even after Durant's exit. Giannis has become that for me, and will and, and Milwaukee. I mean, the 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 kind of athleticism that he has shown on both ends of the floor, those five blocks against Milwaukee, uh, against Philadelphia in the last uh, regular season meeting, which was on Friday, four of which were against Joel Embiid. I will always remember this season, and you know, I I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he wins both MVP and DPO. I will always remember 2018-19 as the year where Giannis, you know, kind of took perhaps took the baton from from Lebron and said that, you know,
0: the future of the league is now on my shoulders.
1: Karan, what uh, about you? What's the one thing you'll remember the season
0: by? Janice is a great answer and I just want to add to that. Um, so, yesterday I was reading actually an article. Um, ESPN had put out something called the Fame Index. So, yeah. like, 100 athletes who have been the most Googled over the course of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and number one was actually uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and then, then the top like basketball player was LeBron. Uh, yeah, Giannis was all the way down at eighty fifth, one spot below Dwight Howard. Okay. Oh wow! Hey, and I was like, hey, people, imagine how
1: much higher he'd be if people knew how to spell his name.
0: If they know to spell his name, yeah. So, so that's one of, but but th- that this is all going to change drastically. Like I think for yeah. the, over the next few months, the MVP, the playoff performances. Uh, I agree with you. Giannis has taken that mantle, and that's been the one of the best parts but for me personally the best part of the season has been watching lebron james and lakers crash and burn oh man. It's been amazing <laughs> sorry, i'm supposed to be positive okay no sorry Koshik. okay the best part of the season has been uh uh i guess like watching joel Embiid has is always fun for me i really yeah. like his attitude I, I like the way he approaches i like the way he um i i, I like the way he picks up animosities across the league you know uh, just for the just for the sake of it and he likes to personally destroy opponents. It's very yeah. old school to me, and um, it, it has been really refreshing to watch. Koshi, what would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's something similar to uh, a few things you, you guys both touched upon. The fact that this, Yanis, is now you know, slowly, slowly becoming the face of the league. And I think um, the way I'd summarize it is there's both an air of inevitability that Golden is going to win, but also at the same time, the league feels more open than ever probably because mm. LeBron's moved to the Lakers and now like hasn't made the playoffs and nobody could have yeah, I, I guess like, a lot of people could have said it but this time last year you wouldn't say that LeBron James would miss the playoffs in the following season so uh, there is a bit of openness about like anything can happen and, and I really like that about the league um, and uh, to, to add to your point about Giannis' athleticism Akshay, I have this sneaky hot hot take-ish sort of um, uh, comment that you know, we spoke about how nobody's done anything like Kobe and LeBron. Oh, sorry, Kobe and Jordan, uh, and how yeah. how the, these kind of feats will be more and more possible uh, with more yeah. scoring and more three pointer. I also think like a- another reason why those two guys were as you know separated from the rest of the folks as they as they were is because I think the the level of athleticism that they had compared to their counterparts. Is like far greater than it is between any two top players today. I think like yeah. a, a large part of what separated themselves from the crowd was the fact that they were that athletic. Also helps that they were driven and they were bloody good basketball yes. players, very intelligent and everything. But I think athleticism had a huge, huge thing to but, you know, make it exactly make it uh, uh, such a no contest. And I think the fact that Giannis in today's game, where every Tom Dick and Harry has athleticism. Is still separating himself by that factor. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's
2: that's awesome. And if I can just quickly add that, you know, just this is actually a testament to how the NBA has its uh, Giannis's ascent to a uh, league stardom as as you know perhaps the league's numero uno player. If he wins the MVP, uh, you know that will kind of cement that stature uh, for this season. Uh, is is it's it's actually testament to how global this game has become. You know, a few weeks ago we were covering uh, on NBA Sunday night primetime. We were covering a game between the Lakers and the Knicks uh, Karan, if you remember that, you had tagged me also that you know why don't you give me a shout out on the show? And if mm-hmm. you remember that game, LeBron was blocked on the last play by a guy called Mario Hazonia and I know Mario that Hezon- guy. Mario, Hezon- Mario Hezonia comes from Croatia. On the preceding play, it was actually Emmanuel Moudier who kind of put gave New York the go-ahead uh, uh, game winner uh, uh, with a jumper. Moudier comes from DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, Hezonia, who blocked LeBron, who's a, a United States superstar, is uh, coming from Croatia. And then you have Yanis, probably who wins MVP, who's you know uh, uh, has Greek origins. So it's it's just all these things now. Point the to the of the fact, year yeah, is going it. to Now it's no longer a game which is only the the Americans dominate and the 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 European players or those who come from other parts of the world are kind of fitting into role, uh, reserve uh, roles or off the bench or supporting cast roles. No, these guys now are as good as American talent is out there in the NBA.
1: Yeah, arguably, arguably even better. Like how amazing is the story that Yanis Antetokounmpo is a is a child of immigrant people who moved from Nigeria yeah. to Greece and has like this half Greek, half African name. Comes to the NBA where nobody knows anything about him except some sort of second division Greek basketball tapes, which throws yeah. everything we know about, you know, drafting for superstars and everything like that out for a toss because he was picked at like 15 and he's probably going to be the face of the league. Isn't this amazing?
2: It's amazing, and and uh, to add to Koshik also what you said. I mean, the same applies to uh, instead of Giannis, it could. I'm also a very big fan of Embiid. He's freakishly athletic, uh, athletic in a very different way. His size, his feet movement. He's actually Hakim Olajuwon with three point shooting, uh, and uh, again, this guy comes from Cameroon. Uh, 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 he was born in a basketball the,
0: without borders. Camp. Yeah,
2: and this and for same, all yeah. the all the trash talking that he does, you know, he has a running feud going with Russell Westbrook. Even he was kind of you know gracious enough uh, after the loss to uh, Milwaukee to say to sing high praise of Giannis. So just the fact that the Eastern Conference two best players today. Are you know, somebody who comes from, has uh, origins from uh, uh, Cameroon, Giannis has Greek origins. It just is a testament to how the NBA has managed to grow this game beyond the shores of the United States.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, have, and I actually, have a note here from Karan's email that says, let's finish on a positive note. And Akshay, <laughs> I, I believe it's hard to talk positivity than what you said. right?
0: <laughs> well, well Akshay, I also want to... Uh, Thank you for, for mentioning what was possibly the game of the season, the hoop darshan Derby that you guys <laughs> that, 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 that NBA India showed on Sony Six live yes, time yes. The, four, the Lakers versus the next two stellar franchises playing beautiful basketball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, of course, the the, the the favorite matchup of our podcast.
1: Yes. And, and, um, yeah. And who who could have at, predicted? Uh, uh, Mario Hezonia, a game-winning what? block against LeBron James. Like, this is… Yeah, man. L- listen, Mario
0: Hazonia's jersey is already going to be hanging in the rafters. <laughs> in yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. He, he absolutely. dunked on Giannis. He had the game-winning block on uh, LeBron. He's getting triple-doubles on ease now. It's over, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Akshay.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank you,
1: Karan. Thank you, Akshay. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, Akshay, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thanks for everything always, that you it's do. Always, always, man. And uh, we look forward to having you back again on Hooperson. Uh, I look times.
2: forward to yeah. I look forward to. Th- it's always a pleasure talking hoops with you guys. Time just flies.
0: So Akshay, Akshay you'll be on. Uh, what's going to be your schedule now f- uh, for the course of the playoffs? Where can people well, see the, you? The, Where can people find uh, you? Uh, uh,
2: the NBA is again growing its coverage of uh, the the playoff games uh, through Hindi commentary. So we are doing one game every day right through the playoffs in uh, in Hindi commentary so again that just shows their commitment to growing the game and you know reaching uh, out to a larger demographic uh, by uh, uh, providing them access to these games uh, through hindi commentary uh, and this is the third season and every season it's grown uh, from in the very first season we just the nba just did conference finals and the nba finals last season they did games on the weekend regular season and then conference finals and finals and then this season it's it's uh, been uh, games right through uh, the weekend of the regular season but from this season, it's also a game every day from the very first round of the playoffs in Hindi commentary.
0: So This is awesome news. And you guys can hear Akshay's Hindi commentary and watch him on Sony 6, I think, on weekends you're on? On Sundays? Or, or will it be more, yes. more often now yes. during the playoffs? Yes,
2: now it'll be from playoffs. It'll be uh, one game every day. The last game uh, uh, every day will day, you'll have access to it on uh, uh, through Hindi commentary.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you, Akshay. And uh, Thank good, you. Luck, good luck for the playoffs.
2: Thank you so much. Wish you both the same. Okay, bye bye. Bye.
0: So I want to thank Akshay Manwani for joining us on episode 75 of Hoop Darshan and helping with this excellent uh, playoffs preview. Akshay is always fun to have because he he always does a lot more research than we do. <laughs> he 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 has he, I think he has multiple numbers either in his head. He's either like a like a savant or he just has a lot of windows open at all times. Yeah. Um, but but we always appreciate him here dropping knowledge and um, yeah and now I'm more hyped for the playoffs than I was about an
1: hour ago. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Akshay is awesome to speak to. He's just like such a um, he's like an oracle of NBA knowledge and I, I love how uh, when you spoke about you know Jordan's high scoring season, the next point he was like in 1987 <laughs> Jordan's. <laughs> it's just he's just full of details like that. It's amazing um, and yeah, I, I feel like. All of the all of the people who get to listen to his um, commentary doing um, di- during NBA basketball, um, there's no better way for you to sort of get into uh, get get into the sport than listening to such a knowledgeable person.
0: Kaushik, do you have anything else before we round this up?
1: Uh, not really. I'm just excited for for the playoffs. I can't wait for them to begin. Uh, the first round might be a bit of a bit of a snooze fest, but once the second round starts, especially in the Eastern Conference, we spoke about this. Um, it's going to be it's going to be hashtag fire emoji. Um, no, <laughs> that, that, didn't, that didn't quite come out right. But I'm I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, what about you, Colin? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of
0: looking forward to the NBA draft lottery. So that's where my mindset is at at this point. <laughs> r- r- really hype for Zan Williamson. Let's go. Let's yeah, I, can, I can't
1: wait. I can't wait for the Lakers <laughs> to get the first pick and trade him for Anthony Davis. But we listen, can, you, you we guys can, are... we can continue this fan fiction at some point. <laughs>
0: you guys don't need Anthony Davis. You have Alex Caruso. It's good. It's all good.
1: He's the goat. He's definitely the goat. (laughs) Uh, On that note, I think we should uh, bring to an end this uh, whatever Jubilee edition um, of Hoop Darshan. Uh, Thanks as always for listening to us. If you have any questions, reach out to Karan or me. Uh, We're on Twitter. Karan is at Hoopistani. I'm at underscore Kaushik7. The podcast is at Hoop Darshan. We're also available on Facebook, SoundCloud, Podbean, iTunes, and a bunch of other places. So um, thanks once again for listening to us. And until next time, hashtag IndiaBasketball.